Well, hello, 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 winners. So this week we have Mara E. Roberts, a VP of finance and accounting at one of the fastest growing banks in Texas. She has ex expertise and experience in so many areas, areas in entrepreneurship, owning her own business and management of a multi-million dollar business operations in developing strategic financial plans and managing an execution of critical forecasting and budgeting processes. I'm so excited to welcome Mara E. Pates Roberts. Thank you all so very much for joining. Hi ladies, hi winners. Thank you all so very much for having me this evening. Um, like Psyche said, I am a vice president for one of the fastest growing banks in Texas, Veritex Community Bank. We have over 8 billion worth of assets. Um, I have over 15 years in accounting and finance experience. And so tonight I did want to share some of that with you guys. Um, so let's just get started with what I have prepared here. Um, I had the wonderful opportunity to listen to Lisa, founder of Carol's Daughter, and one of the things that she mentioned to me, um, or one of the things that she mentioned was when she was shopping around her business and looking for a potential, potential investors that her financial package had to be together. Um, so potential investors and buyers, they need to know how strong your business is, and you need to make your business as appealing as possible, and you knowing the financial health of your business. So with that, let's get into what that entails as far as knowing the financial health of your, of your business. Okay. So you probably hear a lot of accounting and finance jargon thrown around like P&L, balance sheet, income statements. So let's break down what each of those items actually mean. Let's, so we can separate, differentiate between what they are. So the income statement is your profit and loss, AKA P&L that you hear. Um, the P&L lists your revenue, so your sales, interest earned, fees you charge, et cetera, for your services. The income statement also lists your expenses, so your payroll, which is generally the largest expense for almost every company, utilities, office supply, business bills, things of that nature. So the income statement gives you your revenue minus your expenses, and it tells you your net income, your net profit. Are you making a profit? The only way to know that is by actually tracking your revenue and detailed tracking of your expenses. Who are you paying? Who are your vendors? How much are you paying them? Did they double charge you? Can you be getting a better rate elsewhere? How can you cut your spending? Owning a business is not just about how much you bring in or that revenue, but it's also how much you're spending out. And this goes for home and personal expenses. Um, it's really important to start tracking your expenses so that you can, again, make your business look as healthy and as financially healthy as possible. Um, part of the issue that a lot of small business owners faced when applying for those PPP loans uh, during COVID was not knowing their financials. If they didn't have a balance sheet or income statement or didn't know how much they were paying in payroll, they got denied. And the vast majority of those PPP loans won't have to be paid back. So that was free money. But because they didn't have their finances together, they couldn't, they didn't get um, approved for those loans. So the next important business reporting tool is your sheet. 
So the all of your assets, so any items of value, so inventory, buildings that you may own, computers, investment, equipment, software, cash on hand. And also um, new guidance, new gap guidance says if you're renting a space, then you have the right to use that asset for the duration of that lease agreement. So that can actually be added to your asset column if you're renting a space for your, for your business. Um, and then this also lists all of your liabilities. So what do you owe? What are you responsible for? Mortgages, credit cards, rents, loans, the depreciation on your asset. Those are liabilities. If you have a larger liability, like let's say a car, let's say the balance that you owe on that car is more than that car is worth, and then technically that's a liability. That's not an asset. That does not go to your asset column. So it's important to understand everything that can be considered an asset and everything that can be considered a liability. Um, again, how healthy is your business? How can you increase the net worth? You do that by adding to that asset column and lowering that liability column. So how do you differentiate between the types of spend? The easiest way is by signing in a, a general ledger code. So you've probably heard of general ledger. Oh, sorry. Um, and the last point of this balance sheet fly, assets minus your liabilities equals the net worth of your business. Um, so onto the general ledger. General ledger is the main accounting record of a company. It assigns account numbers to different type of spin categories. So the income has a different account number, expense types, assets, liabilities. It also assigns numbers to cost centers or different departments. So do you have a marketing department with your company? If not, do you need to separate those expenses out? What is HR spending? What is marketing spending? What is IT spending? So you do that by assigning cost centers to your different departments. And again, this is the easiest way to account for your expenditures. So I'm gonna show you an example here. So this is an example of one report exported from our accounting software that we use. This has our general ledger for uh, this particular one is utilities. So the first two digits here is our company or corporate code. So is it for our holdings company? Does it belong to the subsidiary? It's basically making sure that we track income and expenses based on the company, based on the type of expenses. So these next five digits here are the utilities. Um, asset accounts start with one, liability accounts start with two, um, income accounts start with four, and expense accounts start with five. And then the next two would be the cost center or the department, and then the last three digits would be branch. Do you have multiple locations? If you do, you want to make sure you're breaking out the spend by each different department, each different location. You also want to track not only the vendor invoice number, but the vendor document date. Did you get charged twice for a month? Did someone give you service and they say, hey, here's another bill for this service? If you're not tracking, you're not sure if you've already paid them for that month of service. And the reason you want to track is to be able to analyze your expenses. So again, this is an example of eight months of spend for particular utilities. You can see the average here is about 43000 per month. So you want to look at, are there any outliers? Why was July so high? Why was it 63,000 when we know our average is 40,000? What happened? Is there something broken that's using more electricity than it should? Did we have an event going on? We need to explain why was that so high? 
where can we cut it? Was it high because we had too much stuff running? If so, we need to make an adjustment for that the next month. So tracking your expenses is a great way to analyze where you may be overspending, where something might be happening. Um, I'll give you another example because for the most part, utilities, you can't really change utilities, right? They are what they are. Um, but let's take business meals, for example. Um, if you see in 2019, we were, we kind of were high with our business uh, meals expenditures throughout the year. So we sat down, how can we cut expenses? Let's start setting budgets for different departments. Let's say this is how much you can spend. So we started to notice a downward trend in our expenses, which is what we wanted to see. In March is when COVID hit. So we would expect for our expenses to decline significantly because of COVID, because restaurants were closed. If we were to see that April, May, June were high, something's wrong. That gives us pause. What's happening? Are employees using their corporate cards for stuff they shouldn't be? Because you can't be doing business right now. And let's be honest, shrinkage or employee theft, that's also a huge problem for businesses. So you want to make sure that if I'm, I know we only spend 500 bucks a month on office supplies, why is it 2000 this month? Who is furnishing their home with office supplies on the dime? So that's why you want to make sure that you're tracking your expenses so that, again, you can see where are you spending too much? How can we adjust it? Where can we set a budget to make sure that it's lower? Let's make sure we are not being double billed by vendors. Let's make sure that, you know, we're, we're getting fair and reasonable billing. Excuse me, Mara. Uh-huh. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, if you're showing an example, I don't see anything. I don't know if anyone else is seeing it, but I'm only seeing your general ledger slide. Okay, so you're not. Oh, okay. Thanks for that. Let me see what's happening here. Oh, there we go. Okay, thanks for that. Okay, is that better? Can you see that now? Yes, thank you. Okay. I'm like trying to visualize these numbers. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sounds good though. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. Okay, so this probably looks much more better now. So this, again, this is the trend for business meals. So tracking the expenses, you can see our year over year spend and you can see what our trend is, right? So we see January is very high, then we see there's a decline each month. So here in the orange, it's the 2020, and this is where you would expect to see a drop because of COVID. So restaurants, there's no reason why you should see business meals go up after March. And that's exactly what we saw. We saw a steep decline in April. It went up a little bit more in May, but again, we're trending downward for the year of 2020. And that's because again, we tracked our expenses in 2019 and said, we're spending too much on business meals. How can we decrease this? Let's start giving people budgets. Let's start saying, okay, you can't spend more than this amount per business meal. And the only way you can do that is by knowing exactly what you're spending and where you're spending it. Um, and this was the, uh, the monthly spend for all of the utilities. And I was able to see that July was significantly higher. So we need to investigate what happened in July. Why did we pay 19,000 for this vendor when we usually only pay around 10,000? And again, that's why you wanna track those expenses. So thank you, Adia, for pointing that out. Um, did anybody need to see anything else on this again, or are we good? 
Okay, so let me do back to this. Okay, so um, just some action items. Have not yet, you need to open a separate business bank account. Do not mix your business and personal expenses. You need a debit or credit card where you can charge only your business transactions. Most banks have an Excel option for your monthly statements, so you can export those easily and then upload it and transfer that data to an accounting software or Excel sheets if you're tracking that. Um, try not to use cash for your business purchases. If you do, take a picture of that receipt and record that spend immediately. Um, again, start tracking your expenses. You can start tracking your expenses if you don't want to get the software yet. A lot of um, software companies do offer free software programs and platforms for you. You can use Excel to do it. A uh, program that I recommend is QuickBooks. It's great for small businesses. Starting off as an office manager for a small family-owned company and even my, owning my own small business, when I didn't have as much accounting and finance experience as I do now, QuickBooks was great. It was very user-friendly. They have tutorials, and it was just a really great product to use, especially when you're just starting out. Um, SAP Concur is also great. Uh, we actually use that right now for our t &E, so for our travel and expenses and for our corporate card program. They have a great invoice platform as well. It is based off of volume. So if you don't have a lot of sales or a lot of vendors or paying a lot of bills right now, then they charge you based off of your monthly usage. So they are a great, great, uh, uh, great platform. And then for personal use, I use Met. I use Met every single day for our personal expenses at home. I've set my budgets in there. I get an alert if I'm going over my budget. I see exactly where I'm spending, where I've spent too much, if I need to increase the budget somewhere, and how can I cut it. Um, okay, so that's what I have for uh, my presentation and I will open it up for any kind of questions that you might have. So Mara, this is Adaya. Can you go over the primary differences between that um, balance sheet and the P&L? Absolutely. So the P&L, income statement. It's how much you're making basically monthly. That's what most businesses track it monthly. It's how much you've sold minus all of your expenses, right? And then that actually starts over at the end of the year. The balance sheet is the net worth of your business. It's whatever you were able to bring over from that income statement and keep in your asset column. And then the That's balance sheet Yep, balance sheet is assets minus your liabilities. So those don't go away, right? Your assets stay there on the balance sheet. Any liabilities until they fall off stay there. But the income statement, that's rolling. It's whatever money you bring in. So the way to think of it, balance sheet is your net worth. The income statement is your income. Okay, thank you. No problem. What other questions? Shamara, can you hear me? Yep. Uh, I had a question from Instagram. We're live on Instagram. And someone just asked about 
Cash App. Is there any accounting practices or behaviors with Cash App? I personally wouldn't use Cash App. I don't think it's as regulated as some of the other um, softwares out there. And Cash App is just a way to just send and receive money. I don't believe it gives you any type of reporting feature that, I, that I'm aware of. As far as I know, Cash App is just a way to send and receive money. Um, I, I think Cash App can be a little because I've seen instances where people through Cash App and then they have uh, disputed it with their bank and they got the money back. So someone, a, a recent incident that I've seen in one of the groups where someone gave a service, they cashed after them, that person disputed it with their bank and now they're out of that money. So I wouldn't do business with Cash App. I would do something that, that, that's just a little bit more secure and better tracking purposes. Thank you. No problem. Yeah, and if again, if you do want to use an app for your expenses and knowing where you're spending money and knowing where money's coming in, I would recommend Mint. Mint over Cash App. Is there a small business for Mint or just Mint with family finances? Uh, you can do it with both. So Mint, you determine which accounts you put in there, right? So if you set up you a Mint account for all of your small business, all your small business data, you'll put in whatever account you're using for your small business. You'll put in whatever credit card you're using for your small business, any type of investment accounts for your business. So that way it's tracking your spend for you and it's right there on your phone. Hmm. What other questions? I think I'd like you personally, if you can run back through the first like two slides. So if you could just kind of break down P&L, just all the way down and uh, income statement, breaking it all the way down. Absolutely. What, what are Absolutely. So, uh, and the income statement is the, the P&L, the profit and loss. So it's how much money you make. So all your revenue, again, all of your sales, fees that you charge for your services, your handling fees that you might charge someone, interest earned from any investments that you have. So basically all the money that you're making and all the expenses that you've paid out. So again, payroll, utilities, office supplies, business meals, anything that you're paying to keep your business running then that's what you net the two. So your revenue minus your expenses is what your net income or net profit is. But again, that's not the worth of your business, right? So let's say one month you made 10,000 in revenue and you spent 8,000 in expenses. That month you have 2,000. That 2,000 that you retain, then you, if you retain that cash, then you can move that over to your balance sheet because then it becomes an asset. And then the next month, same thing. Let's say you make that month spend 5,000. You have 1,000 left over that you haven't spent out. That goes to your asset because then it's your cash or your balance sheet because then it's your cash on hand. And again, it goes to the net worth of your, of your business. The way to think about that is having a regular job. The money you bring in from your job and then the money you spend out for on your expenses in your house. That's what your income statement is showing. And then the balance sheet, again, this is going to show the net of your business. This is going to list all of your assets, everything of value that you have. 
and then it's going to be minus your liabilities. And then that's going to give the net worth of your business. And again, the liability, it's really important to know the difference of that. If you're paying for something and you're paying more and you still have to pay for more than what it's worth, then that's a liability. It's not an asset at that point. And can you kind of explain um, to, to us, I mean, I think you said something pretty profound about small businesses wanting or turning in or wanting to turn in to be a part of the PPP funds, yes. um, but weren't because they weren't as clear about their accounting. Can you explain a little bit more about um, that? Yeah, absolutely. So I know, especially within out, most banks in the United States that were turning down the small businesses, we needed to see exactly what your costs were. What were all of your expenses for the month? What was your payroll expense? How much money were you making in to be able to calculate how much you were able to receive and how much, if, if you would be able to, or to pay it back, even though most of them we're learning now don't even have to be paid back. So because a lot of small businesses didn't have their financial packages together, they were denied it. If you didn't have anything to show what you were paying, if you didn't have any type of tracking, for what you were paying for payroll, they, you were denied those loans. So that's why it's so important. I, I, I especially being on the accounts payable expenses side, to me, knowing the expenses and being able to track them and analyze it is a little bit more important in my world than actually that revenue part, because you're not sure if you're making a profit. If you're spending out everything that you're getting, then you're not retaining a profit, right? It's easy come, easy go. So you wanna make sure that you're tracking your expenses. And that was the problem with the PPP loans. A lot of people didn't have an income statement. They couldn't say, oh, well, this is exactly what I had. They didn't have any records of it. You know, they were just writing stuff down, but we needed to have proof and records of what were you paying your headcount? What was your monthly payroll? What was your monthly expenses? And what does PPP stand for? Um, it is the payroll, was the PPP? Sorry. Uh, it was payroll. Paycheck Protection Program. Sorry. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I got it right. It was the Paycheck Protection Program. So it was given to small businesses who were affected by COVID who would be unable to make their payroll. So it was a way to try to keep small businesses afloat. And in some cases, Jamar, I noticed that, I mean, for instance, like my hair, my hairstylist, I mean, she didn't necessarily have employees, but um, if you're able to show your own revenue, your own expenses as, as a sole proprietor, meaning sole proprietor, meaning you don't have anyone else working for you, you're absolutely right that that creates an issue um, yeah. for you to try to get for you to try to get a loan, but not just PPP loan. That's any loan, right? I mean, what what yeah. do you, what do you want people to have when they're coming into Veritex looking for a business loan? I mean, I, I hear so many small black woman-owned businesses and so many small businesses saying our hardest thing to run our business is access to to capital. That's like number one issue. So what what mm -hmm. are we 
what can we do to help ourselves gain access to capital? Well, that's an excellent question. And one thing, if you're in the Texas area, Veritex Community Bank, we actually are known for um, giving money back into the communities in which we serve. So we have a great small business program. Um, I'm not a part of the loan department. So if you guys do need more information about that, let me know. And I'll be grateful to share some great contacts in our loan department. Um, but one thing is having a balance sheet, having an income statement. They need to see that you're able to pay this back. They need to see that you're responsible with your expenditures, right? It doesn't matter what you're bringing in if you're just spending it back out. So they need to see, again, that your business is healthy. And one way to show that is by showing that you've been tracking your income, you've been tracking your expenditures, you've made cuts where you need to, you're shopping around with services. So when you had a small business where you, I mean, were you already like finance savvy or kind of had it, I know you and I think differently about money. How did you um, handle money for your small business when you were with Janie King? Okay. So when I first started, I definitely did not have as much accounting experience <laughs> as this. I was, I did not have corporate accounting experience at that point when I started. And that was not knowing the accounting side, not wanting to learn that accounting side then and there, it was actually very detrimental to me with my first, it was a franchise that I owned because I was getting these contracts in from Corp and I'm like, great, I see these dollar signs on these contracts and that's all I saw. Like, oh great, this is a huge contract. This is $10,000 a month. It turned out 11,000 a month in uh, payroll, in expenses, in supplies. So I was actually losing money on these contracts, but I didn't know that because I was not tracking my expenses. I just know, okay, well, I have this person to pay, that person to pay, that person to pay. I wasn't calculating how much did I pay in payroll that month? How much did I pay in supplies that month? How much did I pay in having the person file my taxes for the business? I was losing money, but I just saw, oh, great. I, I see that big number on this contract. Let me get it in. But it was going out just as fast as it was coming in. And so that's what made me realize, like, before I start just accepting these contracts, because they have a dollar amount on it, let me really do my due diligence to see what will it actually cost me to keep that contract? What is it going to cost me to be able to make sure that I'm able to, you know, basically make a profit and survive? So um, I did not. The second time around, definitely, definitely much more prepared as far as, you know, knowing your financial package. You are, you are preaching now. Now you're in the preaching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that goes for, that goes for your personal expenses too. I don't know if any of you ever had a chance to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but that was one of the books that I read. And that was one of the things that they say, it doesn't matter what you're bringing in. There are plenty of people making millions of dollars a year, but they're broke because they're spending it out faster than they can even get it. So it's knowing expenses just as important and people don't pay attention to that they just see what am I bringing in what am I bringing in and a, there are a lot of broke rich people <laughs> there are and it's for that very reason that you know you have people with high salaries and they just spin 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 liabilities 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 instead of building building assets so some some examples of liabilities yes examples of liabilities credit cards that's a huge liability right um, any type of loan that you have 
more is a liability, but that one's, again, if the asset, if the house is worth more than what you owe on it, then it's an asset. Houses, real estate is always a good investment for the most part, as long as you're not underwater and as long as you don't owe more on it than what it's worth. So that's pretty much the way of thinking about a liability. Do I still have to, do I still have to pay for this? Your rent payment is a liability because you're under contract to pay that payment for, you know, however long that lease term is. What if something happens where you no longer can afford that lease payment? That's why it's called a liability because you're, you're you still are liable to pay for that regardless of what happens to your personal finances. Mm. You still have to make those payments. So that's why it's called a liability. Oh, I never heard that that description of liability. You are liable. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, Regardless, you signed the contract. You said that you're going to pay this. We expect you to pay that. You're liable. Yeah. I've never heard that. I mean, from a master's degree to, to Goldman Sachs, <laughs> I've never heard. It's called liability because you're liable. You're liable for it. You're liable. liable. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds happens. me of when I was, uh, we were interested in having a retail space. And I know a lot of, you know, honestly, a lot of small businesses are, that's one of the first things we think about is what can we either have as a product or can we have a store? Because it looks sexy, it sounds sexy, people can come into the store. And we fought as, as our brand, we fought so many years of, should we have our own location? And that whole, you're liable, right? That That's mm -hmm. really what held our feet to the fire of how many people, and we didn't think, I didn't think about it. I was thinking, just how sexy it would be to to have you know friends and family come in. I didn't think about how I would have to staff it, the hours that I'd have to pay for staffing, or if you know if anyone was stealing when I'm not there to staff the location. But even more than that, when you talk about liabilities, I never thought about if people aren't walking in the door to buy, I still have to stock the shelves and I still have to make those payments. I mean, so what we were thinking is, well, what the, cause we're, you know, our business is wholesale, but we were thinking if we have this new uh, facility and it's in this really pretty place right by the water, right by the, the, it wasn't a bank, right by the library. It's just so gorgeous over there. Cause we love eating pizza over there with the kids. So we thought perfect location, right by my dentist, perfect location. But we never thought about, well, are people really shopping over there? Or are they over there walking to the library in bed? You know, so are, is it really a good foot traffic? And we really had to pull apart data to see how many people are, are coming over there. And if they're shopping, how much are they really spending? And would it even be worth it? What would have to be the hours? And could we make the amount of money that we would need to make to keep the doors open? And just, right. we didn't think about that. Right. Right. And, you know, whether or not you can, that landlord still wants their money. <laughs> so that's why it's called liability, because you're still liable for it. But luckily, again, there is new guidance out, new socks and gap guidance that says that that is actually considered an asset. So let's say you were looking to get investors for your business or were looking to sell your business, that rent payment wouldn't necessarily detrimental to you even if you couldn't keep it open because you get a percentage of the value of that business in your asset column so that it's still looked up as a as an asset which is great which is great that they actually made that change for that um but yeah that's like that's a great example you have to keep all of that in mind when deciding to open a new 
and or if you storefront or do online, you have to keep in mind everything that goes into keeping those businesses open or keeping those doors open. And the only way to do that is by tracking your expenses and making sure you're reconciling them regularly, not like every six months down the line, let me see what I spent monthly in corporate America, my bank, we close on day four. So by day four, all day four of the next month, which is the fourth business day of that next month, we need to have every single last account reconciled. We need to see exactly where our expenses went for that month, exactly how much we spent for that month. If let's say we're missing an invoice for that month that didn't come in, but we know we're supposed to get it, we book what's called an accrual for that month. So that expense can be recognized in that month because you do want to be able to track what am I spending every single month? Is it enough to offset the, or is the revenue enough to offset what I'm spending? If not, where do we change? Where can we make cuts? Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking like if I opened a dance studio, how many, I'm just saying, if I open dance studio, how many hours do I have to be open? How many classes do I have to run? How many people do I have to have there? How many little, if it's a little girl dance studio, but how many little girls do I have to have in the door? I mean, those are little, little products, right? I got to sell each, I got to get money for every one of those products in order to pay my bill. And then it goes to thinking, well, is this facility the right facility? Or, mm -hmm. you know, in our, like I said, with that facility for us, it was a, it was a no. It, it ended up being a no. As much as we, I wanted it, it, it didn't work. It didn't shake out for me. It didn't, the, the dollars didn't make sense. There you go. And that's what's important, knowing what you need to pass up on. You know, not everything is necessarily a good opportunity. Is it profitable? That's the bottom line. We're, we're all in business money. Nobody wants to, I mean, some people just do it for the love and pain. <laughs> no one wants to go broke doing it. So that's what we're here for, to make money. You have to track your expenses. Is it worth it? Am I retaining any of the revenue I'm bringing in? Am I retaining it? Because that's the ultimate goal. And I mean, you, you see numbers. There is such a thing as there are some large businesses out there not retaining a dime. Am I right or wrong? Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. There are lots of businesses that are retaining one of a large corporation that I worked for, a very large corporation, um, hundreds of millions in revenue each year, but losing money every single month, like hemorrhaging money out because they had so many different locations. They had so many employees. They were spending money unnecessarily on projects that never got completed. Like one instance, there was a project that they signed on. They paid about $800,000 $800, into this project and never completed it. So that's literally $800,000 just out the door. And they weren't tracking it. They weren't doing good tracking of their expenses or not making necessary cuts where they needed to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, Glory. Any questions? Winners. What I like about what, what Shamar is doing is she's really sharing, for me, just more crystal clear information than, than what I read in a book or what I hear in a classroom about just how to be more financially sound. And keep in mind, one of the number one reasons that small businesses fail is because they're not keeping good financial practices of their business. And the scary thing, and the reason that I was so excited to, to be able to communicate with y'all about just small business and money and banking is 
Black women-owned businesses at one time were the fastest to get started, but then also the fastest to fail. And one of the major reasons for failing was for poor financial practices or access to capital. Um, so it's important that if we have a woman of color able to kind of break it down for us from a banking and accounting perspective, please use this time to ask whatever uh, whatever question, big, small, little, um, we're not expecting you to come to this, to this question today with the MBA type question. That's, she wouldn't be here if, if so. So please feel free to, to just ask. I mean, if you're looking at your numbers and you got a question and, and you don't have someone on retainer, here, ask. Please, please ask. Um, yeah, you just made a really, really great point that that's a big part of with failing is not knowing your financial situation, not having your finances together and understanding where they're going or how to retain them. So definitely great points. So I have a question slash comment. I don't know. We'll see once I get it out what it turns out to be. But um, one of so I, I do own a dance studio. Um, <laughs> And so one, <laughs> psyche. So one of the things on there, well, we have, we use an Excel right now, but okay. one of my biggest issues with doing the accounting piece is I feel like I have a category for like everything. Should, there, should I condense my categories? Like are there certain main things that I should categorize things as such? No, you want as many categories. I, let me, matter of fact, let me go ahead and share my screen again, just to give you an example um, of some of the categories that we have. Um, let me know if you can, can you see my screen again? Yes. We have literally hundreds upon hundreds of categories that we separate. Yes. Yeah. Hundreds of categories because we need to know where every single dime is going and where we can or can't cut back on. So we literally go through every any, anything that you can separate out, you should, right? So we see how much we spend for a telephone each month. We see what the average is. We get to see year over year data for all of our expenses. I don't expect it for any of you to be this. Like, you might be. You might be this elaborate in you know your expensing details, but you want to separate out everything. Don't be afraid, you know, to do equipment rental versus equipment repairs. You know, just something like that uh, versus business entertainment, right? Because those are different. So business meals is just food, and they have different tax write-offs, by the way. That's what I meant to say. That's another very, very important reason to track your expenses, tax write-off. Just about everything is a tax write-off. And if you are tracking these, you are missing so many tax could be getting. Um, so you do, you do want to track this. But yes, yeah, separate out as many items as you possibly can. Um, there's definitely not, there's not a list, you know, too big. Again, we have hundreds, literally hundreds of expense categories. Thank you. I don't feel so bad. <laughs> no, that's, that's actually really great. That's actually really great. And again, the tax write-offs are different. You know, your mileage and gas is a different tax write-off than what your business meals are. Your business development entertainment is a different tax write-off than, you know, your utilities, things of that nature. So the more, um, the more selective you can get with how you're tracking your expenses, overall, the better it is for you. You're, you're reminding me of a, a friend, a colleague who's a owner of a business. 
he bought a new car and it's a write-off for him because he uses that car to go from client to client. The car happens to be, what is the, what is the name of the cars that I like now? A Tesla. I want a Tesla so bad. Um, <laughs> so yeah. bad. Yeah. And this, this young man came and picked me up in his Tesla for lunch. And he's like, oh, this is being written off because this is a, a business. We do business with them. And he's like, this is a business lunch. I get to write this lunch. I, I get to write this, the gas and the mileage and the, the payment every month off. And I'm like, why aren't I thinking like that? Oh, my Absolutely. God. Absolutely. The clothes that you buy, they're for business meeting, they're work clothes, the makeup that you're buying, all of that. Yes. I'm a small contractor for Zumba. I need to be writing off my Zumba outfits. Absolutely. Literally, your makeup that you buy can be written off as a business expense, right? Because you have to present yourself for these meetings and you, it takes your makeup to be able to go to these meetings. The clothes that you wear, the shoes that you buy. You can get so many tax write-offs. Why do you think corporations like Amazon pay nothing in taxes when they make billions a year? Why do you think Donald Trump paid $750 in taxes? <laughs> because they know the loopholes, they know what the tax write-offs how do they know that? By tracking their expenses. Where's this money going? Business expense? Let me write that off. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that, is there any way to even know where Ali said business tax write-offs exist? Like, is there any kind of document or? Like yeah, so for your taxes, I definitely recommend hiring a professional CPA to do your yeah, taxes. Absolutely. If you do not have the experience, because there are, and let's just be clear, the gap in SOX guidance, it changes regularly. So okay. you need someone who is very knowledgeable in those fields to be able to show you. Like, don't get me wrong, uh, TurboTax is great. If you do have accounting background or accounting experience, you could do your TurboTax. But the TurboTax, unless you know in depth, you're going to miss out on a lot of exemptions. So I would always recommend that. That's an expense that is okay. It's okay to pay someone who is, you know, certified in what they do, get you as many tax breaks as possible and file your taxes. And one thing that they they're what will help them a lot again is tracking your expenses, breaking them down, not just saying, okay, I spent two thousand dollars this month. Where and what? Because two thousand dollars in business meals, that's a write-off. This part is a write-off, that's a write-off. It's not just, you know, pushing money out and getting just a base amount. So absolutely definitely hire a, a CPA to do your taxes. That's my recommendation. You know, just just the same as you wouldn't go to, you know, a doctor off the street. You're going to go to <laughs> a doctor who knows his craft, who studied and learned. They know what's best for you. Same thing with your taxes. Go to a CPA, not, you know, your homie who knows how to go through TurboTax. Mm -hmm. Pass on that. <laughs> if you can. That's real. I mean, I, yeah. my law, that's what he does. Um it's, he he does taxes um, with an accounting background, so I totally agree with you that it's important to to me the, when we started using an accountant and using um, a tax a tax certified accountant. The yeah. whole idea for us was: Are we? Is it? Do we make? Mo we can make more money by spending the money. Sometimes that's the thought process, right? Absolutely. Is if I can save the money, she's going to bring me more money. And and some sometimes when we even hire a you know different different areas we say they'll bring in the money that they're going to cost us oh, so absolutely. You know, that they're to gonna save. yeah 
Absolutely. We outsource right now we have a team of accountants at Veritex Bank, but we still outsource a lot of our accounting still. We hire third party accounting firms that that's all that they do all day, every day. So it's important to make sure that you're getting the right people with the right experience to be able to help you. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you. No problem.